The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas broadcasting on 200 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Big day today. NFL announcements. I'm encouraged by it. I'm encouraged by it. Also, It's the opposite with the NCAA. This may be a day we remember forever when it comes to college sports. Sports bettors listen for the money. 
sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, there's an ultimate fan, in my opinion. He's our Joe. He's in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And, yes, on a day in which we've got more rumors about the NFL draft, some conversations around college sports and what the future will look like, what is the Vegas lead here on a Thursday? I think the report from the Washington Post regarding the NFL schedule, uh, the release of May 9th, Interesting, but if you dig into it, I'm actually encouraged about the chances of the NFL this year based upon the schedule. Yeah, that's right. According to the Washington Post, the NFL does have contingency plans that would include both a shortened season and the potential of playing in empty or partially empty stadiums with the coronavirus lockdown still looming. Yeah, and I, and I think those are the items that's worthy to go through. And if we think about it, the question isn't, can we know so many months in advance exactly what things are going to be September 10th? I mean, that's how far off we are. And I know that there's got to be training camp and preseason and whatever. But really, the question is September 10th. And it is April. So the rest of April, May, June, July, August, 10 more days, football. And let's be candid. If right now, and let me ask you, Joan, is if right now I said uh, the, the Lord above is going to come down and say, you know, if you take this deal, Jonas Knox, NFL will start two weeks late and the rest of the season, though, plays normally. Do you take the deal? Yeah, I take the deal. I do, too. Yeah. So as much as, hey, it'd be nice to start September 10th if somehow it's a couple weeks late long as you get the season in that's what matters would I like there to be fans in the stands yes but as long as we get the season in that's what matters and I feel the same for the NBA as much as I like the idea of things being the way they typically have been in a way if it's a one-time thing it's kind of fun to have something different if there was a tournament in Vegas especially It'd be fun, right? I mean, really, you know, weird way if I said this question, Jonas, if I said there's two options, the NBA season will finish regardless. Option one is there's a tournament in Vegas and it's some variation on all the things we've heard about. Option two is it's normal. But the difference is the distinction is the same number of games in each case. You're not getting more basketball one way or the other, but rather it's something different a tournament, let's say, or it's the same old, which do you prefer? Um, and what's the delay if we get the same old? Let's say it's the, everything else is the same. The only difference is we have so, the same old or we have something fresh and new, and it's a one-time thing. I would prefer, in the NBA's case, something fresh and new because I'm, I'm sort of over the current playoff format they have. Because you th- and you've talked about this before, you think with the seven games, the better team wins so often. What's the point? Yeah, and and I just think especially in the early rounds, I think I, I like the five game format that we had before. So even if they went to five or three, it would even be better. I'm I'm a little tired of the four seven game series. You know that'd be an interesting study. Since they've changed to seven games, the NBA in the first round, has there been any time that a team would have won in five but would have lost in seven? Oh, God, I need to go back and look at that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure anything jumps out. So in a weird way, it's almost like saying the same results happening a vast majority of the time in either case. Now, I do believe that to some degree, if you said 
if someone said Jonas Knox just said that he wants the lesser team, the worst team to win more, that sounds goofy in a way, but I think you've got a, I think there's an angle to what you're saying. Do you want to explain why that you feel that way? It's, it's not that I want a, a lesser team to win. I just want more of a possibility that we don't have chalk. That it's that it's more of a. But, I just but the think possibility we, means the lesser team wins. But you know, yeah, I want to increase the odds of not getting the same result that we get every single year, which and, is which is you know it's a seven game series and it's a war of a and I get all that, and I give the NBA credit for crowning the best team as the champion every single year. But I, but I do like the idea of giving people a chance in that playoff format. And to me, the way to go about that is find a way to legislate there being less dominant teams rather than putting more randomness in the actual playoffs. Because in general, I think we all have a feeling, at least somewhat, that the better team should win. But on the other hand, if it's too predictable, I think is what you're saying, yeah. that's a bad thing. So the balance is try to find a way to have more parity, and obviously that's what the NFL has done exceptionally well. It is so hard to keep winning. By the way, the Patriots have – we got a story on them. This is a you know relatively such a down year, and we got another example of that coming up. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. So what we know is it's a long time until – the playoff or to the start of the NFL season. And thus we don't know a lot of things. And the fact that the NBA is contemplating contingencies or thinking, what if this happens? Maybe we respond with a shortened schedule. What happens if this happens? Okay. Maybe empty stadiums, maybe partially filled stadiums, maybe moving games to different locations, maybe rescheduling games. The fact that they're thinking about all of those potential contingencies, to me, that's a very, very good thing. And also the NFL is looking at what the baseball league is doing, what NBA is doing, what NHL is doing. And there's a quote in the story from the NFL. It says the other leagues have to go first. So to me, NFL is doing it exactly right here. They're having confidence they're making it clear that they care that, 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 you know, they're going to, you know, college football on the other hand, and we're going to be talking about college basketball specifically, but Jonas, when I look at college football and the way that the uh, presidents or whomever is on these conference calls saying where they're almost indignant about, well, if the students can't be on campus, we can't have games. It's like, why would that be? Explain the rationale. I get the idea you'd want fans in the stadium. I totally get the idea you want your players to be safe, especially non-professionals. But why would people – I mean, they play tournament games all the time for the NIT when teams are on spring break or schools are on spring break. Why would the students have to be on campus? Yeah, I, I think that every league, every sport – needs to be open-minded to the idea that you're not going to get a perfect result here, but it's better than than the alternative, which is nothing right now. So at least be open-minded to everything. And I think the fact that, quite frankly, the colleges don't seem to be speaks to part of the problem with the colleges is the money does, you know, these guys are getting paid the same amount of money regardless, it seems. So why worry about it? Just like the British Open, whereas they had, you know, we had information from Mr. Dan Byer, if I recall, that the British Open canceled early because, or seemed early because the insurance policy benefited them if they did, right? So now if you're a fan of the British Open, 
you're thinking, wait a minute, how much do these guys care, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, <laughs> ulterior motives. Yeah. And, and I think I, we know money's involved, but the sport has to be bigger than that. Or what's the point? Speaking of that, give MLB credit. And it came out that the governor, Ducey of Arizona, gave his approval to the general plan of some of the talk about playing in Arizona. So, again, it seems like the governor in that case back in baseball trying very hard to get their season in. And now we got a story on Jonas, and I'm going to see how you react to this. You were poo-pooing yesterday the rumor with OBJ. I actually think there's a lot of merit to it. Yeah, and there's a story, and the Cleveland Browns are shooting down the report that came out yesterday from WFAN that the Browns were in discussions with the Vikings for a trade involving wide receiver Odell Beckham. The team denied it. Browns chief strategy officer Paul DePodesta called the rumor, quote, completely false earlier today. Okay, well, you have all the information on this one. You're like quoting. I, I, I can see you're, you're, you're being defensive already. No, here, not at all. I mean, it's, it's what it is. I, here's what, here's I don't what buy I'm, it. Oh, just the facts is what yeah. you're saying. Here, here's what I'm going to go by. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. He has a show on NBC. He's a guy, and I did years and years of his show you know, in the prior years. And, you know, nice guy, but obviously very successful but a former attorney or an attorney, right? Not practicing now. And he's a guy I'd say that, that is not a rumor guy. He's not a hot take guy. And what he said today, I thought was interesting. He said that he reached out to a number of his sources and guys that always get back to him or almost always get back to him. Some from Cleveland, some from Minnesota. And specifically he goes, he got, black hole. He, there was just no response. They went quiet. And we all know if you get a text and it's something you don't want to deal with, what do you do? You act like, you know, ah, I didn't get to that yet. So to me, that tells me one thing. Now, his partner, uh, Phil Sims's son, said same thing. He had some contacts reach out. They didn't respond. Then you think about it. Your strategy manager or whatever his name was, where was he at in recent years? Oh, baseball. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought we were talking about the dude who was with Minnesota, right? So the, the uh, Paul oh, DePodesta is with the Browns. He's the one who called the report. Oh, no, no, I understand false. that, but I'm saying the Browns coach. And, and, and oh, maybe, Stefanski. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, yep. Stefanski. I must have misheard the way you said it because I, I was thinking that's a funny name to call the coach, but I get it, it was the other dude. Okay, is was with Minnesota, obviously. So yeah. now you're thinking, okay, there's a connection there, obviously. So I'm not saying that I know it's for sure, but I guess the question we always got to ask ourselves is what does it cost the strategy guy to say no truth to it? Because if it happens tomorrow, if OBJ is traded to Minnesota tomorrow, are we going to be shocked? No, not at right? all. So the, the denials are almost meaningless in a way because it's almost like you've got to expect them to deny it because if the trade doesn't happen – then all of a sudden you got a, 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 a mad OBJ on your hand, right? Yeah. So in general, I think my little you know three-minute part to this is ending it is the idea that the denials are the given, so we almost got to not take those too seriously. 
Because we see all the time coaches look and say, I'm even mad at you for asking me about this other job. It shows how bad journalism is. And then three days later, they, they're, they're at the other school, right? Yeah. So there seems to be no cost to denying it. So I think we don't give denials very much weight if they can say them no matter what. And I think the fact that, you know, a connected guy, Florio, saying that he thinks there's something to it, is noteworthy. Is it surely going to happen? No, but I think the chances of it being zero or even chance, you know, if you gave me, and I'm not trying to tempt you to bet, you gave me three to one odds on it. I'd, t- I'd, I'd bet. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wondering, I, I was wondering if there were odds out there on it happening. Cause it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. I thought when they signed Austin Hooper, I thought it was a curious decision based on the fact that you've got enough weapons on offense. Why would you go out and sign another tight end? I just I wonder what the market is really like for Odell. Like I wonder what that market's really like I as agree. opposed to what we're hearing. And I was saying yesterday, a fourteen million a year it, that he is overpaid. It's hard to imagine. And we can say, oh, it was May- it was uh, Baker Mayfield's problem. We can say whatever he was injured. He's getting towards thirty, is what we know. And and it's t- and he's not there yet. But man, when's the last time he had a really good season, OBJ? All right, when we come back, this might very well be remembered as the day the NCAA started its unstoppable decline to irrelevance. I believe this story is that big. That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations. In-store or curbside, visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's RJ Bell, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into a story that's a big story and could be a big game changer for one group of sports. Plus, Colin Cowherd yesterday made, uh, or day before, made a great point about a certain team that has a big advantage in the draft. I think it's even a bigger advantage than Colin said. Great day to join us. You're listening to the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has more than doubled in the last year alone. Thank you so much. Right now here in Las Vegas, it's 79 degrees and the neon is still off. So, RJ, one of the other conversations that's been happening throughout the world of sports is what to do with college athletics. Obviously, the NCAA tournament canceled and many scholarships uh, sort of gone up in smoke. Players entering the draft without getting to complete their senior seasons or their final years. But it's also impacting other sports around college athletics. Yeah. And if you think about it, I think if anything, the coronavirus and the way the NCAA is responding to it is just indicative it's a sign of how problematic of an institution the NCAA is. I would make the case that if you are someone that gets frustrated by hypocrisy, which most people do, and uh, greed and taking advantage of those that can't defend themselves in a way, NCAA might be the worst organization on the well in this country. And I, well, maybe let's say in sports, because I, I can't understand every organization in the country. But let me ask you, in sports, if we said we had a list of heels, a list of the, the bad guys, isn't the NCAA near the top for you, Jonas? Um, yeah, I would think that that's near the top. Yeah. yeah. And what happened today, Jalen Green, the number one high school player in basketball, he was going to play at Memphis, it looks like. He decided to join the new initiative with the NBA G League. All right. Now, this is fascinating. Best player. This is the LeBron of the year. Is he LeBron? No. But it's the best player by ESPN's rankings. And this is his quote. I have decided to partner. That's the key word, I think. With the NBA G League's new team for elite players. Now, here's the value prop. Here's what the NBA is offering. Can earn up to $125,000 just in salary. And unlimited ability for sponsorship money. Plus, and he keeps all of it. Plus, they handle the living arrangements and continuing education. And you might say, ha-ha, education, that's what, what college is for. 
Yeah, generally I agree with you. But is that what we think most of these kids who have a path straight to the NBA, if they could go, you know, not one and done, but if they went straight, you think they're really cracking the books? Some may be. And you know what? They now have another way to go about it. The NBA is saying if this is what you, if you want to be, edu- you, you know, continue education, we'll support that. But all I know is Bill Gates is a college dropout. Zuckerberg's a college dropout. Why? Both from Harvard in these cases. Why? Because they had a financial opportunity so big, they felt that it was bigger than school. Is there any reason these players shouldn't have that same opportunity? I, I think it's hi- hypocritical to say they shouldn't. And this is something else Green said. He said, this way I can be better for the NBA. This is the best route to prepare myself to get one step closer to be ready when that time comes. I mean, listen, it's all stops along the way are about the destination. And the destination is the NBA. And what I find interesting is how aggressive the G League is being. And really, the NBA is being. This is the G League's president saying that Green represents the next generation. We're excited to have him develop his professional skills in our league and also to learn from NBA caliber coaching and our player development staff. They are selling this thing hard. This is, they finally, this is a sign of open warfare with college basketball. I see it as nothing but that. What's your first impression, Jonas? If this goes well, college basketball's in trouble. I think so. I think so. Because what's the value? If you think about it like any product, why are you buying this product? What is the value proposition, right? That's marketing 101. What is the value prop of college at this point? One year, let's say, of college basketball. Yeah, I, I look, I still think there's there's a value to college basketball. If I was in his position. Well, but is there a value for elite players that already know their NBA caliber? And the that's question. the point. I think the, I think the quality of players, similar to like when players could leave to enter the NBA draft, the quality of players in college basketball diminished at first because the better players are going straight to the NBA because they can do so. If this starts to happen, I think you're going to have that uh, to a certain degree at college basketball again. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. Well, it's starting to happen even more so. Isaiah Todd decommitted from Michigan, right? The first five-star recruit they had in a long time. Well, he signed with the G League, and he's going to be with the new LA team and on the same team as Green. So we know that overseas has been an appealing, more appealing lately with many top players. I also like the idea that Jalen Green got an agent this morning. So he made the decision. He had his agent ready. That agent, hey, he might be greedy with his 10%, but he has at least generally aligned interest with the player. And to have a kid, an 18-year-old kid, having professional advice, I think is a good thing. The way they keep the agents away from the college player. Why not have an agent? Why shouldn't they have a right to have an agent as long as they keep following the rules of college? Yeah. Right. It's like they want to keep them done. I mean, it's like we don't want you to get any educated advice or expert advice (laughs) is what what it's saying. And and think about this. This is like the continuation of the AAU culture, which I don't love it. But you can see why these players aren't obsessed with any given college team. You know, the AAU culture is much less about the team and it's about the player. 
And so why would these players care about any college basketball team, right? And if you listen to Coach K on The Herd recently, I thought it was a really good interview with Colin. He talked about really in painful terms how much less he likes college basketball today. And he made the point, you just don't have time to develop relationships like he used to. And also on The Herd today, Joy Reid said, this is the future. And a lot of others have talked like that today about this being such the beginning of college basketball's decline, and if not the NCAA. And the last point I'll make is this. When the Coach K's of the world, now he's going to retire at some point soon probably, but when that caliber coach who's 40, he gets disenchanted, so he goes to the pros, it becomes this vicious cycle. Because there's less coaches to appeal to. There's going to be players that would want to go play with Coach K instead of the G League. But when there's no more Coach Ks or fewer, it hurts college basketball even more. I'm not going to lament it too much if this is the beginning of the end because I hate the NCAA. But, boy, if you think back to the glory days and the Big East, there was something great there, and it's just, you know, it's not the case anymore. Yeah, it's a bummer. I used to – the big – I used to – college basketball used to be my favorite sport growing up. I used – I love the Big East tournament. I love the ACC tournament. I love watching uh, the NCAA tournament. I watched, you know, all sorts of regular season games, and it's just over time I've become less and less interested in it. One, because, you know, guys aren't staying for all four years. Yep. It's a rarity, and I totally get – where they're at but it felt like you got to know players you had time oh. to get to know them I remember uh, Mike Chris Duhon was a guy who had a, a decent NBA career he hung around for a long time in the league but I remember he was a a staple at Duke and I remember his final game at Duke his final home game Mike Krzyzewski bawling his eyes out because he had built such a strong bond with him over four years I don't know the last time I've seen Shashevsky emotional to see, say goodbye to a player because guys just don't stick around long enough. It's funny. As he was talking about players on Colin's show, it was all the players from that prior era. Yeah. And you, I mean, I think to the glory days as I was a high school senior in the late 80s and we were watching UNLV on the midnight stuff and the idea of a guy like a Wayman Tisdale. Today, you Wayman Tisdale, he yeah. was so big. And, and then you think of Ralph Sampson. How long was he at Virginia? And it was like, it was four years oftentimes. Right. And Patrick Ewing. And, you know, I'm not saying it's not, they weren't getting paid either. Right. So the players got to do what's right for them. But if the NCAA wasn't so greedy along the way, it would have been so, so much better. Real quick, I want to talk about, I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. Colin had a great point about how he thought the Raiders were going to have a really good draft. And his rationale was you got Mike Mayock. And here's a guy that was doing nothing but tape for all that time. And then now he's one year in and the theory is or limited time in. And the theory is, hey, he's so much more connected to the scouting end of things than other GMs. And it would be a big advantage for him. And he he harkened back to Pete Carroll first couple years, three years out Seattle. He had such amazing drafts Why he was so familiar with with those college players. Well, I listened to Mike Mayock on his, this was actually a recording from his press hour. He had like a press conference, I guess you'd call it. And he made a comment. I thought really tells us there's an advantage for Mayock actually beyond 
what Colin said. Let's listen. You can go one or two ways. I think you either embrace it and say, this is pretty freaking cool that we're going to we're really just going to watch film and trust who we are as evaluators and trust in who we want in our building. Or you can kind of look at it and say, oh, well, I, I don't have verified medicals and I don't have verified 40s. I don't have verified height, weight, speed and panic about it as a team, as a building. We've collectively said we're going to embrace it. And to be honest with you, for me personally, it is kind of what I've done for the last 20 years. It truly is. I feel very comfortable sitting at my dining room crunching tape and and looking to get any advantage. Think about what he's saying there. What was he doing at the NFL Network? He was sitting there not as a GM, not able to do the things maybe GMs could do, but from that distance was calling colleges, getting information, was what you know at the con- doing all the things that really is going to be almost a mirror of the way teams are going to have to pick now. If you think about it, Jonas, this is such an analogy, so similar with the limitations with the coronavirus and traveling and all that, not having the medicals and all the confirmations. Well, that's the position Mayock was in all those years. So not only because he's recently was spending all his time on the draft, Does he have an advantage? And you could say Matt Rule is going to be someone who, because of that college knowledge, would have advantages with Carolina. We're going to go through and try to identify the teams we think have advantages, and we'll talk about it next week. But wouldn't you say that Mayock being almost in the exact situation now that he was in for 20 years is such an advantage over these other GMs that feel so limited by this situation. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I also think this is where the area scouts and the local scouts are really going to shine because they're going to be the ones that are telling you, hey, by the way, so-and-so is still on the board. I've watched a lot of his games. And if you talk to anybody who's a scout, they always tell you, I mean, you can have all the measurables you want. The first thing they go back and look at are, are games and and it's going to be those games that maybe a GM hadn't watched or hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to they're going to rely on those area scouts guys like a Mike Mayock who did this on TV it's going to benefit him in this process and he's the one guy that's now the decision maker with a team so it's going to be fascinating next week we'll have a ton of betting stuff about the draft the Patriots this year are making history in Vegas Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up 12 12 minutes from now here on FSR. We will continue to take a look ahead in the NFL here on Fox Sports Radio. Want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations. In-store or curbside, visit AutoZone.com today to start your journey job fast get in the zone auto zone i'm jonas knox voice of you the fan he's the voice of vegas rj bell speaking of vegas there's some interesting news vegas related that isn't what it seems so espn wrote an article about the new england patriots season win total eight and a half is what they say eight and a half well what's their source caesars all right so caesars has it at eight and a half now the point the patriots or the point that's being made about the Patriots in the article is eight and a half wins. That's the lowest win total for the Patriots since 2003. So 17 years. This is the worst team, at least perceived by the betting odds, coming into the season. Except the odds are nine. Literally at almost every other book in the world, the over-under win total is nine. 
So what what's going on here? Because you might think eight and a half wins, nine wins, what's the difference? Oh, it's gigantic. A half a win, you think about it. If the over-under is nine, you don't cash unless you win ten games. Right? You can't win nine and a half games. So eight and a half, you can't, you know, nine and seven and ten and six is a gigantic difference on on a bet. So what's going on? Well, I don't know the exact details. Uh, it's a public knowledge. Caesars and ESPN has a partnership where ESPN is seemingly using their odds exclusively. I, I don't see them use any other odds. So it's like, okay, there's no problem with that. But then if you look at it, Caesars also has the Bills favored in the AFC East. And nearly every other book has New England favored in the AFC East. By, <laughs> but they're a small favorite. It's really small each way. But there's a bias towards... Uh, in this case, Buffalo. So now the question is, is it just that the book has an opinion on Buffalo? Because that happens, right? Sometimes the line is, let's say, four. But the book thinks, you know, this favorite's better. So we're going to make the line four and a half. So what's going to happen? They're going to get a lot of underdog money, which they want. So it's almost like if you're selling, uh, it's a convenience store. It's a 7-Eleven. And they got too much uh, gum, juicy fruit. What are they going to do? They're going to make juicy fruit cheaper. You have a reason that you want to sell a lot of juicy fruit. Books all the time will take an opinion because they want to get where they put the line a little off because they want the opposite action. So in this case, you're going to get a ton of action on New England over if the line's eight and a half there for the season wins as opposed to nine. That's valid. In fact, as batters. We should love that because anytime a book takes an opinion, that means there's a chance for us to bet a better number if we disagree with them, right? But maybe what's going on here is that they're adjusting the odds with a narrative in mind. As in, hey, nine and nine is the number for the season wins. Maybe we make it eight and a half for a day or two. And then the story goes out. Everyone's talking about Caesars. We're talking about them. And then it goes to nine. Now, is, would I have a problem with that? No, I'd love it because it's another chance for me to go bet a bad number. But I'm going to make a prediction, Jonas, is with it by Monday, <laughs> Caesars will have a line of nine. And if so, I'll say I told you so. What do you think? No, I, th- I think you should. It, and I've wondered about that because how many people are actually betting win totals right now? Or is this Not really... a ton. And, yeah, and, and by the way, Caesars is shut down, aren't they? Yeah. At least so, in Vegas? So if, That's so this interesting. Is, this is really in partnership with ESPN because... Well, no, I don't... Well, the partnership is there's an odds-providing partnership. I'm not saying it's in concert with them in, in regards to the narrative stuff. I don't know, right? Who knows? But yeah. I do find it interesting that they have a line which is different pretty much than any other line. Now the question is, well, let's make them pay for it. Well, it's going to be hard. Now there's apps and stuff, but you got to figure the handle is going to be pretty modest right now in Nevada at least, right, if your place isn't even physically opened. And it's funny how it, this is the one that really got most people's attention because they came out with over-unders for everybody else, but it's really the Patriots who were the team in the story of the offseason with the Brady departure that that's the one that everybody's running with. Hey, it could be a coincidence. All right, when we, yeah, when we come back, and this is fascinating. In fact, it's heartwarming. I've got something about the way New York City has rallied around the healthcare workers. It really, it, it choked me up. It really did. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Okay, Jordan's doc coming up Sunday. Yep. I'm excited. You know, any... I'm not one of those guys, if another network has something entertaining, I'm going to, like, <laughs> spite myself. You know, we're radio anyway, but... How excited are you? Oh, I'm fired up for it. I love sports documentaries. Uh, I'm not a big fan of sports movies, but sports documentaries I like. Uh, the Football Lives on uh, NFL Network, I think I've seen every single one, and there's probably a hundred of them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I do find it interesting. Jordan is talking about how the 98 year was a trying year and that it's going to make him look, quote, unquote, a horrible guy. And I think – in a way, it's great that he's saying that for his brand because now whatever happens, it won't seem as bad. Right? He's saying it's almost like if your house is a mess and you're letting your girlfriend see it for the first time or your apartment, you'd be like, this thing's horrible. Oh, my gosh. And if she walks in, if it's kind of messy, she'll be like, oh, OK, no big deal. <laughs> but I'm excited about it because I am of the belief that the whole LeBron versus Jordan thing is ludicrous. 
and I tweeted out at RJ in Vegas a picture of Jordan being very intense. And I said, do you imagine betting LeBron's team over Jordan's team and then seeing this? How are you going to feel? <laughs> and let me tell you, you got a lot of response. Of course. A lot of response. And starting tomorrow, right here in Straight Out of Vegas, I'm known as a – uh, let's be candid. I don't lose a lot of debates. Would you agree with that, Joe? I mean, you tied me on one, and I was mad. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't lose a lot. All right, and I think a lot. We're really saying never. So what I'm saying, <laughs> I tie. So what I'm going to do is, I am in the next ten weeks on Friday, going to take the top ten players in the NBA's history, other than Jordan, and take the anti-Jordan side. So like. Magic Johnson, I'll take versus Jordan. I'll take LeBron versus Jordan. And with all my powers, I'll debate Fezzik. Fezzik will be Jordan every time. So I am – you know how they always say I can take my position and win and I can take your position and win with debate? I am giving Fezzik Jordan. I'm taking others and see if I can win that. <laughs> that will be the ultimate challenge. What do you think? I mean, like, so what, what are the odds that – that you're going to be able to win these debates. With I, you know, I'm going to have to use some vicious techniques. There's certain <laughs> techniques I don't bring out typically, but it's not going to be easy. Let me tell you. <laughs> so speaking of, and this should be fun. And it starts tomorrow right here, six o'clock Eastern straight out of Vegas. I am. I'm the kind of guy I grew up. Let's be candid. I grew up in the eighties and there was so much hypocrisy back to that. I, I, I don't get, you know, too broken up over things that other people do. I'm kind of a cynic in a way with those things. But I've been hearing about how at 7 o'clock at night, every night now, the people in New York City has been walking out and applauding and whooping and hollering up about the medical workers and all the ones that are, you know, doing so much. I spent a long time and put together less than a minute of samples of the actual sound of that. And since it's almost 7 Eastern, I thought we should listen. Let's listen. I mean, just the, you know, they're all in their house and at seven they come out. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. And, and I think that after all this is, is done or whatever things start to slow down, I've said it from the beginning, I think there's going to be a, a more good that comes out of this than bad because I think although people are going to have to adjust and, and live differently and maybe sanitize their hands more and start to do things differently, I do think there's going to be some good that comes out of it. And really, the way you sanitize, 
I mean, you got I mean, you don't have to change a thing. I mean, in that regard, I'm Jordan. Nobody's going to <laughs> You're it's the Jordan. Yeah. And you're also the Jordan where the, sc- <laughs> the scorn that you have right. for people that don't do it your way. Yeah, I, I've just discussed it. Absolutely. I mean, let's be <laughs> candid. Is You know how that one dude said a racial slur and he was playing a video game or whatever, the oh, racer? Yeah. Yeah. Is if we could hear your internal dialogue about the scorn you have for th- how dirty other people are, you might not have a job. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it wouldn't go to that level because I have no idea what that guy was thinking. But. Well, listen, tomorrow, Fezzik takes Jordan. I take, I take, you know, I'm going to take tomorrow, I'm going to take Wilt Chamberlain. Okay. So Wilt versus Jordan tomorrow. And, and, and off the court, we know who won that one, so <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, the Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas. We will be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio, and as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 